Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, Jay. Awesome. God is good. Amen. What a great place to be on a Sunday night. Come on. With your brothers and sisters in a place where you belong. Isn't that good? A place where you belong. Anyone belong? And uh, God likes people, including the people that you don't like. That's good, eh? That's good. God loves people, but he also likes people. And uh, tonight, I'm really looking forward to just sharing a whole bunch. Sometimes I feel Father wants, you know, me to serve up a steak. And sometimes I felt what Father said today is like, just scatter some seed. Scatter some seeds. So can we do that today? Can we scatter a whole bunch of stuff? And maybe you want to get the recording and go over and see what Father wants to say to you uh, tonight. Because uh, sometimes he says a lot and it's like, okay. And so I, I told Jay, Jay before we were sitting down just chatting this afternoon, by the way, I just commend you, man of God, because that's what you are. I mean, uh, I just love this man. This is a man of God. This is not just a teenager. This is a man of God. I mean, the questions, when no one's in the room, so it's not for any, it's not to be noticed. He's asking me questions that even adults don't always ask me because he goes, I'm hungry. Keep that. You're a good man. And come on, yeah, encourage him. Encourage each other. But um, I, I just, I, I said to Jay, um, I just felt God telling me to drop a whole bunch of things in. Each one of them, really, I could just spend a whole night on. So that's why I'm just going to scatter. Is that cool? And you think, man, you're going to go deep. No, I'm just going to scatter it and you, you, you just pick it up this week, you and God. Is that cool? Can I pray and just, let's just do it. Father, we love you. You are amazing. You're awesome. You're wonderful. As the old song says, you're beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension like nothing ever seen or heard. This is our God. This is our God. This is our God. How beautiful is that name? How wonderful, how powerful is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? How amazing is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, God, that you love us, you love people. And in this place tonight, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just speak clearly Help us to not only hear what your Spirit's saying, but Lord, even as we talked about this morning, would you help us to see, Father, as you want us to see about everything, about our lives, both the highs and those. Lord, we see it as you see it. Would we see the mountaintop as you want us to see it? May we see the valley as you want us to see it. May we see our success as, Father, as you want us to see it. May we see even our failures, Father, as you want us to see see it. May we see our friends. May we see our enemies. May we see the church. May we see the world. May we see the word. May we, may we see you, almighty God, how you want us to see you, God. May we not default, Lord, to the way we've always sought it, the way we've always done it, God. We want to be people, Lord, with open hearts, open hearts, open hearts, open hearts. And we're just asking, Father, that in this place today, you just speak clearly, we pray. Speak clearly, we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you. If there's, can, if there's any other lights, I'll have them on too. That'd be awesome. 
Praise God. Are you good? You relaxed? <laughs> this morning I spoke about seeing his father. Wanted us to see about everything. About everything. And I pray you, you heard it. And uh, we really looked at Jeremiah 1 where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and declared something greater of his life. And he automatically spoke about what he naturally saw and said, I can't do that because this is what I see about myself. I'm too young. I can't speak. And God said, let's not talk any longer to what we see. But let's actually allow God to actually open our eyes to see from his perspective. That's what I want to plan in your spirit. Please, this week, I pray you meditate. Father, I want to see. When you go to work, Father, I want to see as you want me to see. Come on, don't see that person that's a pain. See that person as Father. Father, how do you see that person? Because I guarantee he sees them differently than you and I see. And that empowers us then to be who Father wants us to be. Because it's not one size fits all. It's not, you know, I'll just be this, I'll just be this, this is who I am. Even the Apostle Paul said, I become all things to all men so that I might reach some. I'm not going to be dogmatic. This is the way I am if they like it. They can like it. If they don't, they don't. That's arrogance. No, no, no. He, he said, you know, I'm not going to compromise my integrity. But, you know, to the Jew, I become like a Jew. To the Gentile, like a Gentile. To the one that's a slave, I become like a slave. To the one that's free, I become like one that's free. Uh, Father, help me to see them the way that you see them and help me to see who you need me to be in this situation. That's Father wants for, what Father wants for your life and my life. Is that cool? And if that's going to happen... We need to be people that live with these two words, don't default, written across our hearts and our minds. How many people know it's easy to default, even spiritually, easy to default? Come on. Isn't it easy to default in your quiet time, how you read your Bible, how you pray? Come on. How you pray for the sick? We can default. What's the formula? How does it work? Well, ask Jesus. He did it. Every chapter, he did it a different way, probably because he's saying, don't, don't, don't narrow it down to a formula. Don't default to something outside of me. It's me that heals. It's not a formula. And he wants us to be people that don't default. Everyone say, don't default. And so I want to lean into this, but let me first say this. Uh, if we're talking about seeing as Father wants us to see, this is, a, this is what God dropped in my spirit back in Australia, Dan. He said, I see a deeply spiritual people. Can I say that about you? Is that okay? Anyone going to receive that? Oh, Steve, not me. You don't know what I'm like. Stop talking about what you naturally see. Come on, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. No, no, I'm the least of the least. Stop talking to that. You are a deeply spiritual person. You can't not be a spiritual person. Mate. We are spirit, soul, and body. Even that, theology, even that wording is wrong. I'm not very spiritual. You can't, you, you are either spirit or not. You're, you're deeply spiritual. We might not, but the, here's the thing I felt God say, I see a deeply spiritual people spiritually in tune. Come on. This is, maybe you don't feel like you're here there, here yet tonight, but let your spirit be open. And let me just drop it in. Come on, come on. Let me stir up and encourage us. Are people who are deeply spiritual because we are spiritually in tune. Not just naturally. Some of us are so naturally aware of what's going on in the world. God says, I, I don't want that to grab your attention. I want you to be spiritually in tune. I want you to see as I want you to see, not just know everything about everything in the natural, but to see as Father wants us to see, seen accurately. And the second thing was spiritually vibrant. 
That's who I see. Some people that are spiritually vibrant, spiritually in tune. I know what God's saying. I can see what God wants me to see. And I'm spiritually vibrant. I'm alive on the inside. And if we're going to be those people, again, God says don't default. Everyone say don't default. Say it again. When God started to speak this to me recently, and I think this is the first time I've shared this because it's just burning, 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 burning. This is, this is something I'm thinking about, Ray, all the time. God, I want to see as you want me to see. And I feel God say, well, then don't default. And don't default. Even the way you minister. I'm a prophet. People expect this. This is the way I ministered before. He goes, don't default. Don't default. Don't default to the way you minister. This is what it is. It's on everything. Don't default to how you love your wife. Come on, don't default. Don't default to how you treat your children. Don't default. Don't default to what you do when you fly back on the plane. Don't default. Come on. I'm talking about everything. God, I want to see as you want me to see so I can be who you want me to be. God says, then don't default. Don't default. Don't default. And as he started to speak this to me, I go, okay, don't default. I get it. I, I know what you mean. Don't default. Okay, don't just automatically. And he, he, this is honestly what happened. He goes, Steve, stop it. Don't default on what you think don't default means. It's like, let me just clear the deck completely. Let me just wipe it clean completely. Because isn't that true? God can speak and go, I know what that means. I got it. He goes, come on. <laughs> you heard what I said. Now do you want to see what I said? Do you want to see what I really mean? See what, see, we can, whoo. See, I can, I can read what the Bible says about God. And I go, I get it. But how many people have walked with God long enough to know what you read and what you've always said about God that someday you step into, oh, I see it. There's a difference between hearing and seeing. And God's looking for some people that are going to see. Even about Him, not just hear. We can say that God is wonderful. God is powerful. God is always with me. But man, there's a difference between saying God is always with me and seeing. God is always with me. Oh, I don't want to default to even what don't default means. So now I'm going to download a whole bunch of stuff before Tuesday. Don't default. And uh, I felt God say, go to the dictionary. It's interesting when God says that, not the Bible. You might say, God wouldn't do that. Don't default on what God would do. And uh, I went there, and as I looked at default, uh, and by the way, default is really about what's usual, what's standard. Don't default is what, what, what we usually would do. Can I just say to you right now, as a church, don't default to what you do. Don't default to how the program runs. Don't default to how we do music. Don't default to how we preach. Don't default to how we do youth. Don't default to how we do administration. Don't default to how we do outreach. This is the way we do it. This is, don't default. Don't default. Don't default. Everyone say don't default. And so as I open the the on my iPad here just uh, went to default it, because God told me to stop laughing at me. Uh, he, this is what I saw. Default, there's, the first thing I saw was default to. 
you, you, you can say this in a statement, default to. And default to, now I'm just going to download a few things. This is where I'm just going to scatter. Are you, are you ready? Default to means to revert automatically to a pre-selected option. When you default to something, it's because that's just the way, that's just what we do. And this is what I felt God say. Here's the first thing. Don't default to a humanly defined role when God has a divinely initiated role for you. First thing, I just want to scatter. Come on, young people. Talking about where am I going to go in life? What am I going to do in life? Don't default to a humanly defined role. This is what I feel I'm going to do. This is what they said I'm going to do. This is what the teacher said I should do. This is what I, I feel like I'm leaning towards. Don't just default to what automatically you feel. There is a divinely initiated plan and purpose from Almighty God for you and I. And too many times people look back in years to come and say, man, uh, God starts to reveal a different plan than what they automatically chose. And I, and I want to just set you young people up. This is what I want to drop into your spirit, just scattering this. Let God, not people, set the path of your life. And when I say let God, not people, I'm talking about don't even let yourself. Come on, don't even let yourself. Uh, uh, I know people mean well, and sometimes people say you can do whatever you want to do. Come on, just set your heart to it. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And, and, and that's awesome. We, we, we want to encourage you. But I, can I just speak into you? For a, for a moment, young people and, and all of us, my encouragement is not you can do whatever you want to do because you didn't create you. God created you. And he says, do you not know I have plans and purposes? So here's my encouragement. Don't default to what you want to do. Say, God, what do you want me to do with the life that you've given me? Let God, not people, set the path of your life. But here's the second thing. Let God, not people, set the particulars of your life. The path is the big picture. The particulars are the day by day. Let God set it. God's plan might not be obvious to people, including yourself. Don't default. Don't default to what you do in life. Here's the second thing I want to say, and it's, a, it's an interesting one, but it's what Father said to me, and that is this. Don't default to serving in church or to not serving in church. It's very quiet in here. Are we awake? Don't default to serving in church and don't default to not serving in church. See, there'd be some pastors that would not want me saying what I'm saying right now. Um, but I've got secure pastors who invite me and trust me. Because here's the deal. Uh, let me read the next phrase and then I'll just amplify it briefly. Here's a question God said, spoke into my spirit for you. Do you have a greater desire and passion to serve in the church or to serve in your work because don't fight what your heart is stirred at lean into it and give your best to it for the glory and the reputation of God yet allow father to say something different that is outside of your comfort zone let me amplify just briefly before I move on what I feel God is saying there the bulk of us do not work in the church and yet sometimes we've shifted even over modern years and maybe it's been for a long time, I don't know. It's all about inviting people to church, inviting people to church and make this the hub where people encounter God. But the reality is the people in your workplace, hmm, they might never come here, but you go there. 
And some of you go, man, I absolutely, I, I see my work as my mission and I thrive there, but I just feel I just need to get, maybe I'm expected to get involved, yet uh, I just feel so many opportunities opening up in the world. I, I'm just going to be honest and bold here. We, you can correct me later. But if you feel that and you feel it by God to really lean in, lean in, lean in, so you don't have a lot of time to serve, then lean in. But some of you, you're, you're giving your time to working and it's not so much as a ministry, it's because you, you want to get more money so you can get more things. And God might be wanting to get your attention to say, don't give all your time to work. Come on, there's some, some things I want you to do in the house of the Lord. So I'm saying don't default either way. Is that cool? Do you hear that? Don't default to not working in the church, but don't default to working in the church. Don't default to not serving in the church, but don't default to serving in the church. Father, what do you want me to do? Are you cool? And this is all about seeing as Father wants you to see. God, help me not to just default in this. I need to see as you want me to see. What do I give my time to? So that I can be who you want me to be. The next thing I saw as I was reading through the divinely directed dictionary, the first thing was default to. And God's saying to you and I, don't default to. Don't default to. Here's the second thing I saw that God really, really started to speak, about, speak to me about, and that is to don't default on. Don't default on. And I'm going to talk into that, but defaulting on means a failure to fulfill an obligation. A failure, you know, when people default on their mortgage, default, default on their loans. What does that mean? They failed to fulfill their obligation. Are, are you with me? Are we cool? We understand what I'm saying? And so let's apply that spiritually to what Father, I feel, is saying to us here today. And I'm talking to people that are spiritually minded, spiritually vibrant, spiritually alive, spiritually in tune people. Do I have any of those people in the house? Come on, this is for us today. This is God just speaking. This is Him dropping in these things, scattering these things. So as we move forward this week, this month, this year, and into our future, we're going to go. We're not going to be people that default to but we're also not going to be people that default on. And here's the first thing that God said, don't default on what you are responsible for. Don't default on what you are responsible for. What is defaulting on? It's failure to fulfill an ob obligation. There's some things that God says we're responsible for, and God says don't default on them. Here's the first thing that God said under that point, is sometimes we're waiting on God to do what God has told us to do. Don't default on our responsibility. Sometimes we're waiting on God. Maybe we pray a prayer like, Father, will you please help that person? Let me give you a scripture. Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10. Let us. Everyone say, let us. Come on, people. Let us. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in doing good. God, would you do them good? Would you do them good? Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And I believe God wants to say to some of us today, we're saying, God, would you, God, would you, God, would you? And God says, would you? Let's not default on what is our responsibility. If you see an opportunity to do good, don't pray, God, would you do them good? Let's fulfill our responsibility and do people good. 
The second thing I felt him say, don't default on under default on what we're responsible for is sometimes we are praying for a change rather than fulfilling our responsibility. And God says, don't default on fulfilling your responsibility. Don't focus on just praying for a change. God, would you change them and us not fulfill our responsibility? And here's one that may be personal for me and maybe some of you is, Father, doesn't apply to any one of you guys here, but Father, would you please change my children? God says, don't default on your responsibility. It's easier to pray God change them than for me to fill my responsibility as a father. And he took me to Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, and actually it means parents. It's not just fathers, it's parents. Do not exacerbate your children. Don't frustrate the snot out of your children. That's the paraphrase. That says, don't frustrate them beyond, don't just frustrate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And I just feel a holy challenge to all of us here today. Let's not God ask, ask God to change others if we are not willing to fulfill our responsibility, which is I'm going to love them. I'm not going to frustrate them. I'm going to train them up. I'm going to do them good. I'm going to love on them. Are, are you with me? And uh, parents, sometimes we need to choose the relationship over being right. Sometimes we need to focus on it's not always about being right because I'm the parent. And I know I'm saying this with a lot of teenagers in the room. Don't take license on this because you've got a responsibility too. Children, submit yourself to your parents as unto the Lord. Come on, respect and honor. This is not just, come on, mum and dad, get it right. This is all of us. Come on, we're family. This is all of us. We've got a responsibility to love, to respect, to honor. And sometimes we want the other person to change. God change them. Would they change? Would they change? And God says, don't default on your responsibility. And parents, sometimes we want to, we're the, we're the parents, we demand something and it's about me being right. And God says sometimes it's actually about the relationship. What's more important, being right or the relationship? Is that cool? Some people like it. The next thing I want to say is, don't default on what you owe. <laughs> don't default on what you're responsible for, but don't default on what you owe. Do you know that what we have costs God everything? Come on, people. Do we know that? What we have, this eternal life, costs God everything. Cost Father everything. Cost the Son everything. Is that true? There's a cost to love. Love gives, love lays down, love sacrifices. And I believe, again, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm talking to spiritually minded, spiritually in tune, spiritually vibrant people. God wants us not to default on what we owe. God didn't default on it. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't default. He laid down his life. And I felt God say living for God is going to cost us everything. We don't normally talk about this in church. Living for God cost us everything. Is it, would you say everything? Say probably four or five people, everything. It costs us everything. It costs God everything. I don't want to default on what I owe God. 
This is not from a place of obligation. This is from a place of gratitude for all that he's done. But he does require something of me, Jay. He requires my all. And even Jesus with his disciples, he had this conversation. Let me give you the context in Matthew 16, 21 to 27. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he would go to Jerusalem and he would suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. He must suffer many things, and he must be killed. And on the third day, he would raise to life, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. I just want you to get what I feel the Spirit of God wants to say to some of us today. See, that they had this mentality, no, you shouldn't have to go through that. And if we're not careful, we'll have the same mentality. I shouldn't have to go through that. I'm doing this for God. Ask Paul and Silas in prison. Ask Daniel in the lion's den. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Come on. The amount of people that went through stuff, and we go, no, I want it easy. I want it easy. It... They said to Jesus, no, you shouldn't have to do it tough. And listen to Jesus' response to Peter. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Wow. Come on. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. But listen to what he says. You are a stumbling block to me. Can you imagine, Peter? Hang on. No, I, I'm for you. This is why I'm saying this. I, I want the best for you. I don't want you to do it tough. Come on, come on. I, I'm, I'm on your side, Jesus. And he said, no, you don't have in mind the concerns of God. You've just got mere human concerns in your mind you you're focusing on a want it easy and then jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny yourselves take up your cross and follow me i just really want to encourage us that to not default on what we owe god gave everything for you and me is anyone grateful for that? I'm truly grateful. I'm truly grateful. I don't want to solicit a response, but I'm, I'm grateful for what God did for me. I'm, I'm grateful. And he says, okay, then deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. God, that's a hard saying. Yeah, but I want to be concerned about the things that are on God's heart. I want to be concerned about the things that are on God's heart. The next thing I want to say, talked about not defaulting to talked about not defaulting on and this last thing that I want to bring here in a, in a, just a few things is the phrase by default you can win by default and you can lose by default and I really want you to lean in and please listen to this one of the examples in the dictionary under by default which by the way the, the definitions of what that means by default, by default is because of a lack of opposition. They won the election by default because the other candidate, uh, they dropped out of the race and they won it by default. There was no, oppos there was no one opposed, there was no one running against them. Are you with me, what I'm saying here? That they won by default because there's no opposition. But another uh, interpretation of by default is because of a lack of opposition, there was nothing opposing, so we won by default, or there's nothing, we lost by default. 
but also through a lack of positive action. And I want you to hear this. Through a lack of positive action rather than by a conscious choice. It's not that I chose not to. I just didn't make a positive choices that would cause me not to lose by default. Sometimes it's because of a lack of opposition, but sometimes it's because of a lack of making the right choices. It's, we never intended to, but we just never made the positive choice. And here's the phrase I want to lean into, and I think this is really important for us tonight, and I know it's important for your life. I know it's important for your life. God is saying to us, let's not lose. Don't lose to the enemy by default. Don't lose to the enemy by default. Young people, don't lose to the enemy by default. Older people, don't lose to the enemy by default. Uh, are, you, are we hearing this? Don't lose by default. Uh, uh, the, the thing that God is just really dropping, don't, don't default, don't default, don't default. Don't default to some things. Don't default on some things, but don't lose by default to the enemy. L listen to the, the, the definition, the interpretation of by default. Don't lose to the enemy by default because of a lack of opposition. See, when we think about that, opposition and the enemy, we think about the enemy opposing us. But I'm actually flipping it around. Let's not lose to the enemy because we're not opposing him. Did you hear what I said? James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. That's the starting point, right? It's always submission to God. Then resist the devil, resist him, oppose him. Come on, oppose him, oppose him, oppose him. Some of us go, I don't like this sort of language. We need to like this language, otherwise we will lose by default because we're not opposing. He's going to oppose us. This is not very nice, Steve. It's, it's, this is the way it is. I've lived long enough to know the enemy doesn't like me and he doesn't like you because he doesn't like God. And he knows God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants, he actually wants to stop God's goodness being on your life and flowing through your life. And he comes against us. We need to come back against him and say, no, no. Because the Bible says, you submit to me, you resist him, oppose him. He will flee from you. Come on, that's the truth. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is the one living in me, 1 John 4. Come on, greater is the one living in me. Some of us don't believe that because we've listened to what the enemy says. We've looked at our circumstances, but we want to see as Father wants us to see. And God raised Jesus up from the dead and seated him in heavenly places and gave him power over all the enemy. And Jesus said, I have given you now power over all the enemy. we got to start pushing back and say, no, I am not your dumping ground, devil. Some of us have got to get a bit militant. Oh, I don't like this. How's it going for you not being militant? Come on. I've been the punching bag of the devil so much of my life, even when I knew what the Word says, but I wasn't opposing and pushing back. I'm getting a little preach on right now. We've got to oppose them. I don't want to lose by default because of a lack of opposition. He's never going to give up on opposing me. I'm going to oppose him. I'm not going to focus on him. Submit to God. Come on. But when the enemy came, I, I said, those that were here this morning, they, you know, I woke up at four o'clock this morning. God was downloading. And then I finally got back to sleep. And then I woke up with terrible dreams. It was the enemy harassing me. And what did I do? I opposed and said, no, no, go away. And I went back to sleep. But I opposed him. No trespassing. Some of us need to put on our minds, no trespassing. Come on. Come on. 
Not every thought that enters our mind is legitimate and needs to stay. We need to oppose it. We need to oppose it. And it's the lack of opposition, but it's also a lack of positive action rather than a conscious choice. How many people know that when the enemy at times has won in our lives, it's not because of a conscious choice? Okay, devil, you can have your way. Is it? It's not because we say, okay, do what you want, devil. Do what you want. We don't make a conscious choice, but we sometimes don't make the positive choices that oppose. And so I really want to encourage us, don't lose to the enemy by, the, by default. And we need to push back against the enemy. Anyone want to say amen to that? We want to oppose them. And so a couple of things under that that I felt Father saying, maybe this is helpful to us here today. And this is all under don't default. Can you see how rich don't default is? Don't default to, don't default on, don't default, lose by default, don't win by default. Come on. I, <clears throat> God is ordering my steps. Is God ordering your steps? Come on, let's not default our way through life. And then end up in a different destination and say, God, where were you? He goes, come on, don't default. Let me order your steps. And if we're not going to lose to the enemy by default, Here's a couple things, and then I'm going to read a scripture, and we're going to close here. Don't default to listening to the loudest or most persistent voices. If we're going to not default, lose by default to the devil, then we need to accurately discern which voices to listen to, people. The loudest voice, the most persistent voice, is not always the voice of God. Anyone discovered that and opposition is often loud and persistent and even persuasive anyone experience that that the something different to God's word the opposition from the enemy sometimes can be so loud how about our emotions sometimes they're pretty loud how about the busyness and the harassment and our mind sometimes it's pretty loud and I felt God say don't default to listening to the loudest or the most persistent voice <laughs> because opposition is often loud and persistent and even very persuasive yet God often speaks in a whisper and he doesn't always repeat himself did you hear me <laughs> Young people, I just want to take a moment because I'm feeling prompted. What I'm saying, I pray you get the recording and go through it because there's things in here for you. But I really want to encourage you that when you feel God speak to you, whether by His Spirit or through His Word, even if it's quiet in a chaotic world that you're in, listen, lean in. Listen and lean in. Don't, don't move on. Don't move past it quickly. Grab it, hide in your heart. Uh, and again, I want to encourage you, because it's loud, it doesn't mean it's right. Because it's persistent, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never. You, I saw what you did. You're, because it's persistent and loud, it doesn't mean it's from God. Often they just quite whisper, I love you. I accept you. And then harassment. Don't default. 
Don't lose to the enemy by default by listening to those loud, persistent voices if it's not what God says. That's for all of us today, isn't it? Come on. God, what are you saying? I, I, I want to hear what you're saying and I want to see as you want me to see. He goes, well, then don't default to listening to all the loud, persuasive voices. And the final thing, just before I read one more verse that I just think beautifully ties what I feel Father's brought me here this weekend to say is don't default. If we're going to not lose by default to the enemy and we're going to see as Father wants us to see, then we need to not default to being emotionally led when we're called to be spiritually led. We've got to not default to being emotionally led. As I said yesterday in one of the sessions, emotions can be deceptive. Because this is one thing that emotions do. This is what emotions do. They say to us, this is how I feel. Therefore, that's who I am. That's who I am. I feel afraid. I feel anxious. I feel this. This is who I am. We take our identity. We allow our emotions to even give us our identity. And if we're not going to lose by default to the enemy, we need to learn to say, is what I'm feeling or thinking right now in agreement with what God says in His Word? Because if it's not, I'm going to oppose it. I'm going to oppose it. I'm going to oppose it. And don't, nah. I just feel to be honest with you, and that's what we're here for. Sometimes we have to oppose things a few times. Sometimes we need to oppose things a few times and keep on opposing things. Man, I just feel it. I know I'm going to close in a moment, but young people are on God's heart right now in this church. But I, I just, I need you to hear me. Your mind, your emotions, your life, every one of you, please listen to me, is not, the devil has no legal right to you if you've accepted Jesus Christ. You're not his dumping ground. You're not his dumping ground. That's why you need to be in God's Word and read God's Word and say, God, would you not only speak to me, but God, would you help me to see as you want me to see? You're not too young. You're not too young. I was your age and I was already pursuing God on this level and I praise God for that. You're, 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 you're not too young now to say, God, help me to see as you want me to see. Jesus was 12 in the temple. There was Josiah. He was eight. Come on, David was a young teenager and he was a man after God's own heart and in the field and a worshiper. Let's, let, let's not, here you go, young people, don't default to the way every other young person does it. Don't default to the way they do it in the high school. Don't default to what it shows on the movies. Don't default, don't default, don't default. God, I need to see as you want me to see. I want to hear what you want to say. God is looking for some people that will see as Father wants them to see about everything so they can be who Father wants you to be. And He says, you know what? You can't separate that from living a life where you don't default. I don't want to default to emotions. I don't want to default to that's the way I've always felt. 
You know, God's really bringing me into a new level of freedom. But do you think that means the enemy doesn't try to bring back emotions and thoughts? And I'm learning not to default to the way I used to handle them. This is how much this is important. Because the way I used to try to get past emotions didn't work for me, Jay. So why default to doing that? God, help me to see. Father, help me to see what's happening what I'm feeling right now as you want me to feel. Come on. Just felt God drop a verse into my spirit. There's 1 John 4, 18. And this is one, something that's really helped me recently. And I, I think for some of you, grab hold of this verse and meditate on it. 1 John 4, 18. It says, There is no fear in love. Verse 16 says, God is love. So there is no fear in God. No fear. No fear. No, no, there's no fear in God. And then it says this, perfect love, God himself, drives out fear. Because fear has got to do with punishment. We're afraid we're not going to be, we're not good enough. We're not doing good enough. Anyone ever felt that? God says, there's no fear in me. If you're a believer, this is speaking to the believers. There is no fear in God because I'm going to drive it out. And I love the wording. It's not God comes and says, can we have a conversation? Fear, it would be really good if you would please consider maybe moving out in a couple decades. No, perfect love drives it out. I get a picture, the reverse picture of when Pharaoh drove the children of Israel out of Egypt. It wasn't, would you please leave? It was like, get out of here. You're destroying us. And God says, I want to drive fear out of our lives. Because fear's got to do a punishment. I'm not good enough, man. Man, God's going to upset with me. God's angry. Can I just tell you, if you confess your sin, then God says, I've forgiven it. I've forgotten it. There's no, you're not going to stand and be punished in the future. Please, some of you young people need to hear me. Some of us older people need to, you need to get your theology right. If you've asked God to forgive you for something, that's it. He's never going to bring it up again. And I don't mean just this side of eternity. I mean when we stand before God. We will not stand before a judgment seat of Christ. Um, as believers, we'll stand before the, the throne of grace where He rewards. There is no need to live in fear of judgment. And see, this is enemy. This doesn't the Bible say, God says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Come on, that's not from me. Come on, let's drive that out. Let's not lose by default to the enemy because we don't oppose this thing. God, would you open our eyes to see how you see us? And I tell you right now, he sees us with incredible love. Are you doing okay? We're going to pray. But let me just leave you with one last Scripture, and it's in 2 Kings chapter 6, and I encourage you to read it. It's an, a brilliant story. And this just sums up the scene his father wants me to see. Not just looking through my natural eyes, Jan, but looking through my spiritual eyes. Is that what you want, church? Is that, what you, is that how you want to live this week? God, I just want to, I don't want to default to what I naturally see. When I walk into work and walk into home and walk down the street, I don't want to just default to what I choose to do with them. I want to see, Father, as you want me to see so that I can be who you want me to be. I don't want to default. And this story is about an enemy 
nation that uh, uh, was against God's nation, Israel, the Armenians. And uh, what happened is God, through the prophet Elisha, He spoke to him. And whenever the enemy was going to come against Israel, God told this prophet what their plans were. And he went to Israel and said, don't go there because the enemy's coming against you there. And this king got pretty ticked off and said, which one of my people, this is the bad king, which one of my people keeps on telling Israel what my plans are? And they said, it's none of us. It's actually this prophet called Elisha. And so this king got all his troops together and said, let's go out and let's get him. And this is what we read in 2 Kings 6 verse 15. I love it. So you just get the picture here. <laughs> Elisha and his servant, two men. They were doing what God says, and a whole army is coming against them to wipe them out. How many people think there's, there's probably reason to fear here? Okay. And what is the natural reality? These, all of them, two of us. But watch this, and then we're going to close. When the servant of the man of God got up and he went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots, an army had surrounded the whole city. This was the reality. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? Do the servant asked. And the prophet answered, listen, don't be afraid. How many people think if there's a whole army coming against you and there's two of you, don't be afraid is not overly helpful? Again, maybe it's like what Jeremiah thought when he said to God or Moses, or are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Look at them. Natural sight. Are you with me? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And again, I think the... Maybe the servant looked around and saw Elisha and him and say, um, again, you're not seeing reality. Can I say to you, don't live by seeing reality. Come on, because reality is not what we're called to live by. He said, there are more that are with us than those that are with them. And then here's, here's the key thing. And then Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Again, what's he talking about? Is he talking about natural? No, he could see the armies. He said, would you happen to see Father as you want him to see? And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire from heaven all around. Come on, come on, come on. They were there all along. But the fear crept in when they servant looked through natural eyes because he defaulted to natural sight. And God says, will you, will you join me and say, we're not going to default to what we naturally see. We're going to say, God, open my eyes so I can see. And let's see the army of the living God that goes with us when we go into school and when we go into work and when the enemy comes against us. Will we be spiritually sighted people? Would you stand with me today? Let's stand together. I praise God has spoken to you today. I feel God say, just finish real simply, Steve. Let's just pray for our spiritual sight. How does that sound? And pray and say to God, we don't want to 
live a life where we default, where we default to just doing the way we've always done it, where we don't default on our responsibilities, where we don't lose to the enemy by default. Come on. Some of us need to get a bit of militancy in our spirit and say, no more, no more, no more, no more. Devil don't own me. I don't own myself. God Almighty owns me. And He owns me and He is perfect love. I think, I think I want to walk with Him. Let's pray. Father, right now in this place, come on. Lord, we love You. We're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful that You gave Your best. You gave Your all. And we acknowledge here today in this in this time, this age of self-centeredness, where it's all about me and what I want, that we say, God, it's not about me and what I want, it's about you and what you want. That might not sound right in this culture, but God, we don't not, not live by this culture, we live by kingdom culture. Lord, we uh, want to be spiritually in tune people, spiritually vibrant people, and we do not want to live and default to what we see in our reality, but we want to live and if we're going to have a default God, is this. God, help me to see, Father, as you want me to see. Come on, how about we have a new default? How about we have a new default? Father, help me to see how you want me to see. How about we have a new default? Father, help me to be who you want me to be. How about we have a new default? No, enemy. Not today. Permission denied. I'm a child of the Most High God. Come on. Lord, anoint our eyes. Anoint our eyes. I said it this morning, but I want to say it again. I wonder if you lay your hands on your eyes, if this is your cry of your heart, I want to see as Father wants me to see. You don't have to understand it. You just need to say, God, I, I don't want to live by my reality and what I naturally see. God, I pray right now that you'll give me eyes to see as you want me to see. Every person, every situation, every triumph, every failure. Help me to see you as you want me to see you. Help me to see the enemy as you want me to see the enemy. Help me to see myself. Come on as you want me to see me. Help me to see every opportunity. Help me to see my desires. Help me to see my affections and my time as you want me to see it, God. Help me to see the opportunities. Help me to see my children and my parents and my friends and my enemies. Help me to see everything as you want me to see. And God, would you please help me to be who you want me to be, oh God. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price and I want to honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. So I choose today, I am not going to default anymore. I'm not going to default anymore. Father, may this word just marinate in our spirits this week. I pray you bless your people. You do them good. May they know your smile of God, even right now. Just tilt your face to heaven, even as your eyes are closed, and look with your spiritual eyes, not your natural. I pray you see the smile of God right now. <laughs> the smile of Father. I see the smile of God. I see Him there. I see us gathered round. I see just openness. 
Do you know that Father's posture is open, open, open? It's embracing, it's loving, it's accepting. Isn't it beautiful? Oh God, we want to see. Bless your people. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Always a joy, always a privilege, always an honor, always a delight to be with Activate Church Hamilton. I love you guys. I I I, I just bless. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I pray fathers bless you. Lean in and encourage each other. Encourage each other. Encourage you. And I give you permission. If you're walking with people in relationship and we go to do something and we know it's a default, can we encourage each other? Hey, why are we doing that? What do you mean why are we doing that? What, 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 why are we making that decision? Well, this is what we do. Well, hang on. Let's ask Father if that's what He wants us to do. Let's encourage each other not to default, but to actually see as Father wants us to see and be your Father. We're going to pray for these guys right now for the sabbatical. Is that cool? Come around, Father, in Jesus' name, stretch out your hands. Uh, this is not just a holiday. This is this is for them to be refreshed. And, and Almighty God, where God just speaks. And you know what? Every one of us in this church, we reach, we reap the benefit of the overflow of their lives. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray for this precious couple and their family, for Jay, for Luke. Lord, and we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that as they draw aside from the busyness, even as God, you modeled to us in Genesis where you rested. And, Lord, uh, you drew aside. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that it will be all that you want it to be. I even release over your lives, even right now, don't default <laughs> in your sabbatical. Uh, Father, help us to see this time as you want us to see it. And Father, I pray you'll download, you'll bless, you'll refresh. But I just feel the most important thing, Father, would they enjoy? Would they enjoy? Would they enjoy? Bless them, we pray. Bless them, we pray. Bless them, we pray. Be open for Father to speak new things, different things that you, you didn't even know were on his heart. Father, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. We bless Sharon and Jan right now. We love them. We honor them. We value them. And we thank you for them and for their family in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you, Steve. How about giving Steve a big hand?